This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Well, welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Kelly Criswell. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Well, thank you for taking us on your career journey today. But before we figure out what you're actually doing today, if you would, could you tell us what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, well, I always wanted to be an artist. And uh, for a long time, my real kind of career goal was to be a comic book artist really, or a painter, a fine art painter. Those were the two things that I really <laughs> wanted to do. Wow. I almost became a comic book artist. What did you want to draw? Really? Like, who was your favorite oh, comic book superhero or heroine? So I was really into kind of the vertigo, Sandman, kind of dark <laughs> comics, <laughs> right? the ones that were kind of painted and, you know, brooding, that type of thing. Brooding comic books. I get it. I got it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was one of your favorite subjects or hobbies while you were in school? Uh, really, it was art. It was art and comic books and drawing. Um, yeah, I really focused and reading. I really focused a lot on, on the arts when I was a kid. That was my uh, kind of getaway. Wow, that's cool. And that kind of leads into what you're doing today, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, what yeah. was your first job? One where you actually earned a paycheck and wanted to perform well? My very first job uh, was working at a record store. I, you know, like it was called Coconuts. It's Coconuts. not around anymore. Do you remember that? Does yeah. That date or me? <laughs> Orange Park, Florida, Orange Park Mall. Yeah. They had a Coconuts. Yeah. yeah, I worked at Coconuts. I sold CDs and tapes back then. We had tapes still. <laughs> wow. So, and I gave really bad music advice to people. That was part of my uh, my did trauma. Did you do that? Did you do that on purpose, or was it just your taste at the time? A little bit of both. Well, if you would, could you tell us what do you do today? And if you would, walk us through that moment selling albums, CDs, and tapes at Coconuts to today. From Coconuts, I uh, i mean, that was really my, my only job that was not in the kind of arts field. From there, I got a job right out of college. I was looking for a job in painting, but they don't really have those. Those don't really exist. <laughs> so, uh, and I realized that comic book artists don't really make that much money. And so I got a job doing custom wedding invitations, doing some graphic design at this little shop. And I also realized quickly that I didn't have any graphic design experience, but I needed to teach myself so that I could get a job that paid me money because I lived in New York City. So I worked at this little wedding invitation shop after about a year, I got the job that I have now as an assistant. So same, same company that I'm at now. So tell us, what do you do now? So now I'm the chief creative officer at a, uh, a place called The Grow Agency. We do branding. Uh, so we're a branding agency, but we also um, we kind of specialize in packaging design for food and beverage. So when you walk around in the grocery store and you see, uh, you know, food packaging and logos and all that stuff. We do all that. Now, where did you get your training for such a cool job like that? Because I know there's a lot of different, I, I would assume everything from computer programs to color theory to design, yeah. layout. How did you learn all of that? All over the place, honestly. So <laughs> I went to art school, but I went to school for painting and illustration Okay. to learn the programs, 
you know, that I use day to day now for design, I taught myself. I, I kind of regretted not taking any of that in school, but I, you know, I had a computer. I spent some time when I was job searching, teaching myself, and then I learned it on the job. You know, I got hired as a studio assistant, which was basically one step up from an intern, and I learned it on the job. I just tried on my off hours to figure out what they were doing, and a lot of the a lot of the training I got on painting helps with color theory and helps understanding layout and composition, and you know, all of that stuff really did help me. It wasn't useless, but um, I had to learn a lot on my own. So, if you would kind of go over that moment, so what was the job right before this company? Uh, right before this company, I worked at a um, wedding invitation. Okay. Place. And then h- how did you make the transition to this company? Oh, I got fired. <laughs> now, that's so, a great story. I got to know a little bit more about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got fired. I was, uh, I don't know, 20, 22 or something. Um, and I was, uh, you know, just being a being a 22-year-old. And, um, and I got fired. And so... For, I don't know, maybe six months, I got a little job here, I got a little job there, you know, little projects here and there, I nothing solid. And I just applied to every single place I could apply to that I thought maybe I had applicable skills. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to do graphic design or if I wanted to, you know, I applied to um, places that did fine art paintings for hotels. I applied all over the place. And I just happened to get this job. And I didn't know anything about branding or packaging design at the time, and I didn't know that I would like it. And I actually didn't like it maybe until five years in, which is a long time to not like something. (laughs) Yeah. What were some of your roles to get started? And then what was that turning point at five years? Like, was it organic or was there a moment that you said, you know what, I actually do enjoy this? I think it was organic. And I I worked my way through the company. Um, You know, I started off as the studio assistant and then I was a kind of junior graphic designer and I was a graphic designer and then I was senior designer. And, you know, this was over the course of 17 years, right? So then I became a, a director and then I became a VP and now I'm you know, chief creative officer. And and that really happened organically and slowly. You know, 17 years is a long time (laughs) to be doing the same thing. But um, yeah, over time, I just, I realized I kind of had a knack for it and I kind of understood it. I mean, food packaging, what's there not to like? It's super fun. Food is awesome. Everybody loves food. Um, And there's so much cool stuff. There's so many different cool things. Uh, you know, in food and beverage, and there's so many, many new interesting products that come out. And I just found it really, like, energizing and exciting to, to be partnering with food and beverage companies that were making new cool things. So it just, I, I, now I love it so much, and I can't believe that it just kind of worked out that way, that now I'm doing this thing that I couldn't imagine doing something else. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about your role as chief creative officer, which is like the coolest title in the world. I love to call myself (laughs) that, but I need to have the job to justify that title. So, Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I like it, too. (laughs) So what I do basically is I'm responsible for the overall creative direction of the agency, um, which means that any art that we do, I'm kind of responsible and, and for the direction of that art and for how it looks. And, you know, I manage a team of creative people, of designers and, you know, copywriters and, you know, strategists. I also have the fun job of pitching to clients and presenting to clients and doing industry talks sometimes and developing new business, which is all uh, both, you know, nerve wracking and exciting and right. uncomfortable. <laughs> 
but you know, but fun. Yeah, yeah. Now let's let's say I bring you my one and only doohickey that I created that I love. It's the most awesome product in the world. What are some of the first questions you ask either me as a customer or just in general? Like, how do you get that ball rolling? Mm, I ask usually why. Why are you, why did you create this new product? Why, you know, what motivated you? Are you trying to solve something? A lot of times people who are um, coming up with a brand new product or founding a company are doing it because they're trying to solve a need in their own life or a need that they see in people around them. So you, you see a lot of people who are making macronutrient bars because they made it through cancer and they changed their diet and they want everyone else to benefit from something that they learned. So I always try to get at why they started, why they developed the product to begin with, and then what they think makes their product different than other people. Once you can get to that, then you can you know, give them great branding and great design based on that. I know this might be a difficult question, but you know, how, how does having that differentiation of the com- the competition, the way it's different from the competition, how does that help you? Is that an image, a name, all of the above when it comes to creating that next step, that packaging? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, all of the above, really. But, you know, if a customer came to me or if a client came to me and they had a coffee brand, how do I make their coffee brand look different than the million other coffee brands that are out there? I have to know something about it. I have to understand what what makes your coffee brand different. What is the thing that makes yours different than right. the other coffee brands? And then if I if it really is something that's unique, we create a whole brand around it. We create a whole personality around it. It's like when you look at um, the difference between uh, I don't know if you're a coffee person, but uh, Death Wish coffee versus Pete's coffee. You know, those those <laughs> may be may, they may not be all that different in terms of the product itself, but the branding and the packaging is way different, right? They're like night and day. I would would say so. (laughs) Yeah, like personality-wise, right? And that's the fun part about my job is figuring out what your little unique thing is and making that come to life on a package. Right. And do you have a little story about a product that you've launched in the past that was kind of fun and cool and different? Oh, my God. I I mean, yes, I love all of the things that we've launched in the past. But um, (laughs) just recently, we developed some packaging and branding for uh, a CBD-infused water and tea beverage uh, called Simple Life Beverages. And that was such a fun project you know they came to us with a completely different look and you know than what we did for them we we made some really beautiful packaging but beyond being beautiful it makes you feel something you look at it and you feel calm and Mm -hmm. you know the differentiator in their product was that it's it's got cbd in it so it has all these calming health effects and all you know it balances you and it should make you feel a certain way and so developing packaging for them that evokes that feeling um, was a really fun challenge. And it, and it came out, I look at the packaging now and I feel good, you know, which was the point. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was about to ask you, is there any, you know, what do you like most about your job? And I, it sounds like that would be one of the examples when you come up with something that works the way you think it's going to work and hope it works. Is that true or is yeah. there some other aspect of your job? You I mean, it's, it's, it's seeing other people succeed. So it's seeing my clients succeed, you know, launching a product and having it really succeed out there. And, and we work with big clients too who have lots of money and 
would be able to succeed without us, but really helping them, helping them get something great, have something great out there. But it's also, you know, you know, seeing the designers and, and mentoring people and helping them succeed too. That's the most rewarding part for me. Right. Well, now if you could, would you walk us through your average work week? So I guess I spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, so I oversee the design. So that means, um, just constantly looking at people's work and critiquing it. Sometimes we have big group meetings where we put all the work on a board and, you know, it's almost like art school critiques at at school and we talk about um, what designs are working and why and that's super fun. I have a lot of meetings with clients. I do, you know, a lot of pitching new clients to get new work. So that aspect is pretty salesy. You know, team building stuff too. We have fun Friday every Friday. So we do some type of activity in the office and we connect and play games and eat food and that kind of thing. I say I spend a good portion of my time on the phone, which isn't very glamorous. <laughs> I make up for it by doing fun creative stuff too. Right, right. Well, when was the last time you or your team got into a font fight? Like got into the fight over the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it certainly happened. I'll say that. Maybe yesterday. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of opinions in, in design. Um, that's why I say the strategy is really important, understanding what the product is supposed to do. You, you get in a lot less fights when you understand the strategy behind something or like, you know, what you want, the, the, the business results that you want. Right. Yeah. Because I, I did take some art direction classes in the past, and I just remember not only the typeface of your your fonts or whatever, but everything can impact the feeling that you're getting from that image, whether mm -hmm. it's on a package or an ad or whatever. So I can imagine that's got to be a lot to corral the folks in the room to get, you know, a consensus across the board on what works for this customer. So I, I, I could see that being a somewhat sometimes challenging, but it sounds like you guys really work through it really well. Well, it can be really subjective, you know, because it is at the end of the day, art and art is very subjective. And that's why I say, you know, you have to really understand what that art is trying to accomplish and if everybody's on the same page about what it's trying to accomplish, it's a lot easier to, to you know, corral the troops and to uh, have less conflict. <laughs> Although I do think healthy conflict gets you to better results anyway. So, you know. Yeah. Okay, cool. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or student, you can search for podcasts by Career Cluster. So, Kelly, we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up, which was a comic book artist or an artist of some point, and what you do today, which is pretty close to that. So if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Honestly, not much. All of the experiences that I've had have led me to this point, and I'm pretty excited about what I do and, and where I am, and I've made a lot of mistakes and failures but i have learned from all of those and i don't i don't necessarily think i would do anything differently oh that's awesome that's great to see though because you look back and throughout the challenges and struggles you had being fired you know mm -hmm. you look back and you're like wow that all worked out for the best you learned from it you grew from it and you have all sorts of new experiences so it's great that you're able to say that i feel like it always does work out for the best right <laughs> right right <laughs> Well, let's make the assumption that someone in our audience wants to do what you do, wants to be a chief creative officer. What advice would you give them? I would say don't be afraid to fail. You know, don't don't be afraid to take risks. Put yourself out there and do stuff. Keep on trying, you know. From a practical standpoint, get in in the beginning at an, at an agency or really start out by interning and see if it's what you want, right? Every, mm -hmm. every agency is different. Every agency's culture is different. Interning first is a really good way to try before you buy, you know, 
and and <laughs> right. see if you like it. And if you do like it, go out there and, and put ideas out there into the world. I think the, the a lot of people get scared to put bad ideas out. The more ideas you put out there, the more vulnerable you get, the, the faster your career can advance in this area, I think. Are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share? It's funny. I can't really disclose. <laughs> um, you know, the, the things that we work on can really only be talked about after we're done working on them. Once the product is launched in the, in the world, it's like right now it's a, a pre-baby. And once it's a baby and it's out there in the world, we can talk about it. But uh, I can say we are finishing a project that is launching now that I really, really like. And it's called Wonder Lab Doozy Pots. Which is a really fun name, and it's a it's <laughs> yes. a plant based gelato with some really cool, fun brand elements, and it's really delicious. That project has been really fun, but yeah, we're we're always working on a lot of things at once that we can't really talk about. Now, what what I'll do is I'll put that in an update when it is official in my newsletter. So for our listeners, just go to learnfromothers.org and sign up for the newsletters. I don't spam; it's like once every month. I'll do an update so people can see what we're talking about at that time. That's appropriate. If you would, could you talk a little bit about the level of secrecy, why you can't talk and share beforehand. I know the answer, but I figured maybe our students don't. Well, first of all, we sign an NDA, so there's that. <laughs> but second right. of all, when a, you know, when a new product launches, you want it to launch on the terms of the client. You know, They have all of these cool marketing activations planned for a new product launch, and you don't want to kind of spill the beans before it's time. Um, plus, so many things can happen. Funding can get lost, and direction can change, and formulations can change in food products, and all sorts of different things can happen. So you really don't want to put something out there until it's it's ready to go. Well, as with most journeys, success largely depends on reliable transportation. And we don't know each other, but I'm a huge car enthusiast. So could <laughs> you please tell me, what was your first car? Oh, man. I had a Ford Taurus uh, with a racing stripe on it and a car phone <laughs> uh, back in the day when Whoa. car phones just came out. Yes, very fancy. <laughs> wow, Ford Taurus with a racing stripe. Yeah. You don't hear those words put together yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what is your dream car if you have one? Honestly, I am not a car person, and I just got a car that I really, really like, so I'm going to call that my dream car, and it is a Toyota Highlander. <laughs> it's probably not a dream car for most people, but I love it. Yeah, that's great. Utilitarian, good-looking, useful. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, one great perk to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a cool company car based on your job. So this is kind of fun to research. And what I did is I I Googled the most influential car promotion ever. I just Googled a, a bunch of different things like that. And what I came up with is a car that had a horrendous background. And they flipped the switch and turned it into the most beloved car. And it's been known as the most impactful ad in the history of advertising. Now, I know you're not, quote-unquote, advertising. You're marketing. But I thought, all right, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Any idea what car I might be talking about? I have no idea, and I'm so excited to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the car I got for you is a 1959 Volkswagen Beetle. Ooh. I'm assuming you're aware of this car. I right? sure am, yes. Well, it was the most horrendous car in the world because it was created by Hitler. Right. Or not. Yes. <laughs> it was the people's car. And its actual first name, when, when it was like a prototype, was Strength Through Joy. 
was the name of it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then an ad agency in 1959 was given the task to advertise in America, and they came up with the Think Small campaign which totally revolutionized everything. It wasn't, it was no longer traditional the way things were done in the past. This was the new way to advertise and market a car. And so it just totally revolutionized everything going forward since then. So I will send you a picture of your cool cars. I already posted on learnfromothers.org. It's a 1959 VW. I got you a convertible. Oh my God. And a cool little green, Amazing. light green color. So be sure to check <laughs> it out. So that's the car I'd get for you if I had all the money in the world. That is amazing. And I love that story. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your journey. What's the best way our listeners can learn more about you or your company? Our website. It's thegrowagency.com. And grow is spelled G-R-O. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.